Nos despega. Good morning uh, to you, John Moore. It's just yes, you and I you? today. Yes, just the two of us. Just the two of us. We can make it if we try. We can. Just the two of us. You and <laughs> I. That's right. That's right. Um, yes, welcome along. Um, Phil has a previous engagement with a friend. Apparently friends come uh, more important than, than us, and I don't know what Sarah's up to. Yeah, I think she's got quite a bit to juggle, so... Yeah. Yep, yep, fair enough too. Uh, so we're going to begin with the TVNZ Colmar Brunton poll was released this week. Nats are up, Labor's down, the Greens and New Zealand first uh, both above the 5% threshold. Um, the Nats are uh, the biggest party, but we live in a m and world, don't we, mm. John? So um, while uh, that may be and, and uh, encouraging for the opposition, uh, the government is still ahead. And yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's interesting to see that both National Labour are presenting this poll as a successful poll for each party. So, yes, National can now say that it's a, it's the most popular party on 44%, but mm-hmm. um, the, without New Zealand first switching over to National, um, say if there was an election held today, there's no way National could form a government. Yeah. Um, it's partner act doesn't even seem to be polling anymore. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dancing with the Stars is on soon, mate, so that may all change. Oh, yes, yes. That may you all think change. They might go down further. Oh, yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> negative, uh, neg- negative points. You know, I mean, I'm, it's quite gl- I'm glad he's on there. It's going to be quite funny, but I, you know, if, if only, um, what was the guy from the, um, from the Conservative Party? God, I'd love him to be on there. Uh, yes. Yeah, we've already forgotten his name. I have forgotten his name. Yeah, yes. Dodgy with his buddy PA. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Something uh, the way he went. <coughs> Fundamentalist Christians, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Ooh, uh, he said it, not me. Uh, go on. <laughs> yeah, so um, even though National is the biggest party, and, and, and Labour's gone down by, by 5% to 43% according to this poll, and, and, and that shouldn't be dismissed. Um, uh, I know Bryce Edwards on Twitter um, pointed out how far Labour had dropped and got a, a, um, a lot of hassle for that from Labour Party supporters, but nonetheless, Labour must be worried to, to drop that much. It's, it is a, a sign that uh, a segment of the electorate, for whatever reason, isn't happy with what Labour are doing at the moment. However, the Greens and New Zealand first have gone up, but they're still in a very precarious situation. The New Zealand first is on 5%, up 2%, Greens is on 6%, up 1%, but within the margin of error, who knows, they could be slightly below 5%, which means they wouldn't get back in Parliament, either mm. party, mm-hmm. um, unless they got an electoral seat. Uh, and the Maori party, surprisingly, is uh, on 1%, so they're still around, they're still kicking, yeah. or twitching. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's hard to say if they'll survive or not, I predict not. Um, but yes, as you said, Jamie, we live in a MMP world, so if we take the two blocks of parties, if we presume that there's the government block, which is the Greens, New Zealand First and Labour, then they have the ability to form a government on these poll results uh, if an election was held today, whereas National doesn't. It yeah. doesn't have a, a, a shit hope in hell, unless it was uh, in a post-election period was able to bring New Zealand First over. But even then, I don't think going on these results it would be able to form a government. So, um, yeah, I don't think National will be unhappy. Uh, they can certainly spin it that they're doing okay. And if we look at the leader results, um, Simon Bridges has gone up from, I, I think, apparently 1% uh, up to 10% in the mm. um, preferred leaders poll. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be, you know, it's his first poll as preferred leader. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, and so that's really just going to be the, your, your core 
hardcore, diehard Nats supporters. Yeah, you know, and it's definitely well, he's not the leader of the party. It's so. not the sort of jump we saw with John Key when he first became no. leader of the National Party, or Jacinda Ardern when she became leader of Labour. Uh, so that could be of some concern that uh, Simon Bridges hasn't maybe pushed himself enough out there in public, or. Oh, yeah, he's just not resonating. And old uh, Winnie Winston Peters has uh, is up one percent to five percent. So oh, I'm nice. sure he'll be okay with that. Funny, it was MMP for the leader. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it is an interesting one, and, and you know, do do we need to stop looking at polls in terms? of individual parties and look at them as a block you know because it, it could be quite easily um you know misleading well misleading yeah. and, and you know and you could have swing voters to the left mm. or to the right that sure. are going between parties mm. you know depending on how they feel that day mm. um but I mean, what you can say on the basis of this poll is that the majority of people who have chosen a party to support have chosen parties of the government. Yeah, That's clear. Exactly. So if there was an election today, uh, the, this poll would translate into mm. 66 seats for the government parties, Labour, Green and New Zealand First, and 55 seats for National yeah. and Act. So it's still... So um, it's quite a, quite a, uh, so a, sort of a distance it's, between those two parties. So, so I two mean, blocks, I should say. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So mm. it's, it's still a victory in, in um, the the poll for the government. Mm, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, yeah. I think it can be put that way. However, um, I would imagine uh, Labour Party people, at the top level at least, are concerned at yeah. a five percent drop. Yeah. Oh well, I mean that's a big drop. That's mm. a three. That, that's getting you in part yes. of the drop. Um, so you could say, and for Labour at least, the honeymoon is over. Mm. Well, hospital. If there ever was a honeymoon. Yeah. Well, that's right. That's right. But you know, hospitals in a state of disrepair. Um, you've got uh, Shonky rebuilding in Christchurch. Mm. Uh, you've got strikes by um, by different sections of, mm. of, of public workers across the country uh, and private as well. If you look at buses and, and some transport workers, uh, is could Labour be suffering because it is cleaning up the previous government's mess? I think partially, you know, because yes, you know, if you look at the rhetoric from mm. sorry, sorry to interrupt, but if you look at the rhetoric from um, the Nets on TV, they're saying, "Where's the money come from? Well, how are you going to pay for all this stuff?" Hey, but you know, but, mm. you know, how? You, but still, when 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 they get called out for, well, it's actually you guys that stuffed up. That, mm. that kind of gets dusted out under the carpet, and they just keep saying, "Money, money, money." Mm. Yeah. So. Um, um, certainly, I think it, it, it would be unfair to blame Labour or any of the government parties for the problems with uh, underfunding with hospitals, uh, with, with an apparent crisis with uh, faulty repairs in Christchurch, uh, which could cost up to a billion dollars to fix. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's astounding, really. Um, I feel that the, the government and Labour haven't really hammered national hard enough on these issues. Um, they really need to get it stuck in the public's mind, uh, or Labour section of the public's mind that that national is at fault here yeah um and and, and create a narrative whereby the media are chasing after former national party cabinet ministers and saying what the hell went on here um however there have been other slip-ups that aren't related to the legacy of national law so there was a the um sexual abuse allegations at the late young labor party camp and mm-hmm. I, I i think a lot of people felt just and didn't handle that well yeah deflected yeah uh, the issue uh um, there's the Clear Current incident, of course, uh, with Radio New Zealand, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I think both both cases um, m- m- can be painted 
to look like the government has been a bit incompetent, yeah. or that Jacinda Ardern isn't a strong leader that has a tight control over her cabinet and her MPs. Yeah. So I'm sure that's le- led to a slip in support. Yeah, I mean, the Nats are better at spin. They're so much better at spin than the Labour Party. I mean, mm. if these were National Party problems, and we saw things like the ponytail... Uh, and the, mm. and, the, and the te- those things, you know, even though the media went at them, it, it didn't affect the numbers for national, and mm. you know, and they kind of just slid their way through it and it disappeared quite quickly. Uh, yeah, yeah, true. I, I think uh, uh, John Key was an astute politician who was able to deflect, 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 yeah, but, but do it more successfully. Yeah, right? more successfully. Uh, yeah. Because you look Absolutely. at things like what happened with Waitangi this year, um, which was a great victory for Labour, but mm. it really didn't affect them too much. No. Well. I mean, I guess um, there's a difference between this regime under Jacinda Ardern and the, and the Helen Clark government. I think the Helen Clark government, uh, she, Helen Clark, had a very tight control over that cabinet and her MPs uh, and, and, and wasn't gonna, also wasn't going to put up with what she saw as any shit from um, supporting parties, yeah. such as uh, the Alliance or um, agreements with New Zealand First, etc. So she was looked at as a, as a firm leader who had things in control. Mm-hmm. Now, although Jacinda Ardern doesn't look as firm, doesn't possibly it could be argued she's not doesn't have that tight control that Helen Clark had. I don't know if that would work with the sort of the composition of Parliament at the moment, the nature that that Labour isn't the biggest party in Parliament, mm-hmm. and that it, it is. Uh, so it's it, in a sense it's more reliant on it, it on its partners. It can't push them around like Helen Clark did with her supporting partners. And also, I, I think in the end with Helen Clark, people got pretty tired of that style of leadership. Yeah. Um. And and. And I don't think, like, the whole Jacinda mania phenomena was, seemed to indicate to me that p- people want a new style of, mm-hmm. of leadership, mm-hmm. a more collective style of leadership. Um, when it comes to the support parties uh, and this poll, uh, although they haven't shifted much, but they are both above the 5% threshold, um, can you put that down to stuff like Marama Davison being announced as a leader of, uh, co-leader of the Green Party, uh, Shane Jones constantly being in the media, mm. uh, and his kind of wacky antics <laughs> yeah and I, I think um, this government again unlike the Helen Clark government this government under Jacinda Ardern's leadership is allowing their support partners a lot more room yes and even to be uh, critical of um, official government policy uh, to, to differentiate differentiate themselves from Labour yeah. so you know for example uh, Mara Ma Davison and other Green and Peace have come out against the strike firmly against uh, the airstrikes against Syria whereas um uh, Jacinda Ardern's arguably either given support or been a bit wishy-washy sitting on the fence on those issues. Um, and then we've had um, Shane Jones uh, coming out and attacking Air New Zealand and mm-hmm. uh, the, the cutback in services to the region. So yeah. um, I, I, I believe that uh, Labour won't be too concerned about that because it doesn't really want those uh, supporting parties parties to slip down below five percent because then it has no one in the future no one to form a government with they might be able to uh, cannibalize those smaller parties like national has with act for example um but as we see national doesn't really have any uh potential supporting partners Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um inflation has dropped by 1.1 percent that came out this morning uh, although it was quite mm. buried deeply, but I'm sure if it was uh, a national-led government, that would be front-page news, or at least they'd be spinning it and pushing it quite hard. Um, yeah. But that, that's really, I mean, that's nothing to be sniffed at, and it's really important in terms of how the economy is going. Mm. 
Um, and, and, yeah, and Labor really needs to paint a picture that they are doing well with the economy because everybody's gutted about the you know students getting what they got back in the day for free as well. Mm. Uh, how dare they? Get, <laughs> how dare they get get, uh, get what we had? Um, little shits. So. That, yeah, that, that that kind of thing's important, and it's buried away. And so, you know, it's important for Labour to kind of push these things along. But I don't think they're doing a very good job of it. Of it as you yeah, and uh, uh, maybe that's the fault of Grant Robertson, who's the Minister of Finance. That he's, he's um, it, it seems like any issues around him are really around the, the, the lack of money uh, yeah. for, for the projects that Labour promised before the election uh, and, and um, he has been taking arguably a very conservative uh, approach to fiscal management so that, that's been his main drive has to sort of been saying to sort of lower expectations now to rein things in um, where yeah arguably maybe he should be pushing a more uh, positive line on, on what parts of the economy are doing well yeah. and inflation etc yeah, I guess the problem, arguably, with Grant Robertson is that he's never really been expert on economics. I remember when he when he got voted into Parliament, he said economics was his weakest point, and now he's Minister of Finance. Mm. So, I I would imagine that he's very reliant on experts around him and on, um, say, people in, in Treasury giving him advice. Yeah, that he just doesn't have that 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 strong background uh, knowledge in economics. He's no Michael Cullen. No. <laughs> no, and yeah. I'm sure uh, Michael Cullen is also giving him advice oh, in the without background. Doubt. Yes, without yes. Doubt. I mean, Michael <laughs> Cullen was. Um he was bloody good. Yeah, I mean, he was a very competent uh, Minister of Finance. The arguments were that he was also a very conservative Minister of Finance when, when New Zealand, when the government did have surplus uh, year after year, mm. um, he, 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 he stashed those surpluses away, such as in the Cullen Fund, yeah. rather than spend it on areas to such, oh, arguably yeah. to alleviate uh, child poverty and inequality. Et That's very true. That's very true. But, um, you know, can't, the, the Cullen Fund is also very, very... It's going to be very important uh, once the you know once yeah, the baby boomers go into, yeah. into retirement. You yeah, know, there's a lot more to be painful. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right because inequality has only grown mm. over all that time as well. Um, and and the thing is that the ele- the electorate now does not want a Cullen style um, minister of finance, a very uh, uh, Scrooge type yeah. uh, um, minister of finance who's 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 trying to uh, rein in spending and trying to lower expectations. There is a real desire now to to deal with issues such as child poverty, gender inequality, uh, a low wage, relatively low wage economy for a first world country. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. But that, I mean, that in the end is probably going to hurt Labour as well if they do push all that Yeah, stuff. there would be a backlash against yeah. that as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think uh, the likes of Grant Robertson and, and Jacinda Ardern are very aware of that. They're, they're, they're very uh, sensitive to any sort of backlash from, say, business interests and corporate interests. Yeah. Uh, what's the stuff poll of polls saying? So the stuff poll of polls... Uh, so it's a time-weighted average of the most recent polls from the three major political polling companies, so uh, Colmer Brunton, the, the poll we've just been discussing, Reed Research and Roy Morgan. Arguably this is a more reliable poll. Their, their poll of polls show national 44% and Labour on 43 um, and the Greens on 6%, New Zealand first on 5%. Five percent, so it's not too different. But mm. their general conclusion is that um, um, 
there's been a general rise in support for Labour. Um, so that if we compare it to the period uh, just before the election and after the election, uh, generally there's been an increase in support for Labour and that gap between Labour and National is um, generally narrowing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I mean, it's interesting. It's like... Um it's, it's like we're entering a phase of when, because um, you know, for years we didn't know what the hell we were doing with MMP, but and now mm. it just seems like MMP is maybe working, and, mm. and and the people are starting to get to grips with it. Yeah, I, I guess this government presents a good education period uh, for the general public and electorate, and that it's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's uh, the first time since MMP existed that uh, the party would the most votes, the most seats in Parliament hasn't got to form a government. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I believe that it's, it's leading, hopefully it would lead uh, to the general public and the media breaking away from that uh, first-past-the-post mindset when it was only really about Labour and, and, and National. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's move on to um, what's been happening overseas. The US, the UK and France carried out airstrikes in Syria in retaliation uh, to claims that the Assad regime attacked uh, its own people with chemical weapons. Um, what has our government's stance been on this? Yeah, so it's very open to question what our government's stance has been, and I think uh, that um, that sort of unclear nature of where our government is standing in relation to these attacks has been deliberate on the part of Jacinda Ardern and her government. So arguably they've been sitting on the fence, or they've said that they've accepted the reasons behind the attacks, or they've accepted uh, the, the strikes in general, uh, but they won't <coughs> use the term support, um, which other countries countries such as uh, um, uh, Canada and Australia have used that that, Mm -hmm. term support. my argument would be that the that the term accepts indicates support with hesitation. Yeah. I mean, if you look at a dictionary definition yeah. of accept, that, that's what it means. Um, so the question that has to be asked, why is Jacinda Ardern using such language that, that's a bit ambiguous? And I think it's um, because on one hand, she, she doesn't want to piss off New Zealand's um, Western partners, mm-hmm. uh, especially the United States and um, the UK and France um, and also that she doesn't want to cause a stink with um, more sort of uh, anti-war peacenik types um, uh, liberal anti-war types within the Labour Party and within the general electorate Mm -hmm. so it's vague enough that that people it's open to question exactly what she means yeah well when it comes to the chemical attacks in Syria or Mm. whether or whether or not they happened um, that's sort of been determined but then again I don't think it's Mm. going to be able to be determined because well, well, I'll get to that in a minute. But yeah. uh, and, and then when it comes to the poisoning of uh, old mate in um, England, mm. you know, um, both of those uh, they're not hundred percent clear. Uh, and, no, no. And is this a, so? Is this a cautious approach from our government? Because you know, are we you know are we seeing a government the same with uh, what kind of what kind of happened with Iraq? But we we want strong evidence base for these kinds of mm. uh, retaliations. Uh, we didn't, you know, well, we said there wasn't many spies. We didn't really pull any mm. people from Russia uh, out of the country um, like other nations did. You know, do you think it's important to the Labour government uh, or to this coalition government um, to have a strong stance but only when there's strong evidence 
to, to, to well, the truth. you would hope so. You would hope this uh, uh, government will only take action or take a policy stance in relation to sh- being presented with strong evidence. Mm. Uh, a number of media players and commentators have, have argued that uh, New Zealand's more sitting on the fence, wishy-washy position uh, to the airstrikes against Syria and also the the alleged uh, Russian poisoning of a former Russian spy in Britain is because it, the government is uh, nervous about basically pissing off the Russians yeah. and, 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 and maybe indirectly pissing off the Chinese as well mm-hmm. who are, who mm-hmm. are um, um, yeah, uh, uh, quietly upset with, with sort of US um, policy, foreign policy. So, um, I mean, it was interesting with Winston Peters when the, the alleged poisoning went on in UK that he, he made it quite clear that the evidence wasn't clear yet of who did it. It was open to question whereas at the same time the British government was saying no, the evidence is absolutely clear that it was um, the Russians who who were their hands were in, in this but deed. Yet we don't see the evidence. No, again. no, we're, we're not being given concrete evidence, and we're certainly not. Were in regards alu- to the Syria attack, we're not being given. Was concrete. the poison delivered in an aluminum tube by chance? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> They've got aluminum tubes. <laughs> But the uh, the Syria case, yeah, I mean, um, um, we have an organisation for the prevention of chemical weapons, which was going to do an inspection, but the site has now been, well, parts, parts of the site have been um, obliterated due to these strikes, and, and it's not a safe area to go into now. Well, you, I mean, why not? Why can't you be sent in with Russian troops? Um, you know, and they were all set to go in, and they were set to go in in a really a late date anyway. It was mm. a couple of weeks afterwards, or a week and a half, uh, and then they get there, and then they're told it's unsafe. Um, and by the time they do arrive, the the mess has been cleaned. Mm. It's mm. been scrubbed. Yeah. So. Um whether we will ever have any concrete evidence uh, to be presented to indicate who carried out this attack, maybe that's very unlikely now. I mean, I, certainly looking at back at the history of the Assad regime, both um, the, the current um, son and his father previously who ruled um, Syria, it's certainly within their makeup to carry out such an attack yep. as this. Uh, it's a pretty brutal um, regime, um, no doubt about that. Um, however, um, lots of people have questioned what would be the rationale for the Assad regime uh, carrying out this attack yep. right at the moment when when they've largely pushed back a lot of the um, Islamist fundamentalist groups that they've been fighting against. Uh, ISIS has been crushed. Um, uh, so the Syrian Assad government seems in a relatively secure position. Uh, Donald Trump uh, previously, a week or so ago, talked about removing American troops from that from that area. Mm. So this, um, why would he carry out this attack? Unless he's a madman. Well, what about or unless he uh, he just wanted to seek revenge uh, um, against these Islamist groups and and. and, and Parts of the public that supported him, but it doesn't. It doesn't seem to be logical. Well, who does win if there was that attack? Who does win if there was that, and then the retaliation from from the West? You know, could it have been the Russians? Could they have? You know, if things mm. looked like America said they were going to pull out, and thing, you know, the fundamentalists were getting back down. You know, is Russia benefiting from the pseudo war with the West? Um. 
possibly you for know, propaganda purposes. Yeah, yeah, uh, you know, the, the ability to present uh, Western powers such as America, UK, and France as aggressive powers and and, and, and neo colonial powers, bolstering yep. up support at home. Yep, and, and that was the argument uh, that that um, the argument for why uh, Russia may have carried out this attack in the UK with the poisoning of a former spy and, and his daughter. That uh, uh, the, the retaliation from Britain uh, was able to be used by Putin when he was um, uh, standing for re-election. Yeah, look at Thatcher and Falklands, right? Yeah, I mean yeah. it's a prime example. So it's example. all possible. It's all possible. And I guess uh, with with the general this general conflict in the Middle East and with so many players involved and with so many different groups in the Syrian conflict, it's very hard to know what's really going on. Who's yeah. supporting who, uh, what's the nature of various groups, etc. Where's so. the CIA? <laughs> um, is it right for a group of nations to attack a sovereign nation uh, for breaking international law when they themselves are breaking international law to attack? Yeah, it's, it's arguably illegal um, in terms of international law. Um, um, yeah, they have. That's it. against the constitution. Yeah, I mean, it's it's against their own laws. Yes, you yes. Know, Senate, so they have Senate they have attacked. They, and they they've never declared, to my knowledge, none of these states have declared war on Syria. No. So uh, they're active in, in, in military conflict in Syria to a less or greater degree, but they've never declared war, uh, which is a requirement generally, um, mm. according to international law. I mean, we've seen genocide in countries in Africa in the recent times. Mm. I mean, shit's going on now mm. in Sudan and, and in different areas, but you yeah. don't see... Uh, you know, and international laws have been broken there, but you don't see retaliation. No, and we've uh, we've got um, Israeli troops shooting uh, more or less peaceful protests. Yeah, exactly. Protesters in Gaza, uh, openly. Uh, having a policy of shoot to kill if anyone approaches the fence or tries to cut the fence, the border. Um, even approaching the fence. Mm. That's an illegal fence. Mm. And, and Helen Clark even indicated that this this was a, um, a possibly a war crime on the part of, of the Israelis. Oh, definitely. Mm. Uh, so no one's suggesting uh, bombing Israel or, um, or Jerusalem, the capital, or Tel Aviv. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure people, most right-minded people, would be quite outraged at bombing Israel, despite what I would see as them carrying out a crime against Gaza people. We've got Saudi Arabia uh, engaged in, in warfare in Yemen. Uh, you got um, Flint, Michigan's water yeah. poisoning <laughs> its own people. So it's, it's very selective outrage on the part of, um, of of these Western powers. And I guess that's where I would um, point to possibly the hypocrisy or double standards of even this government in New Zealand itself. Uh, why is it accepting and indicating um, 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 some level of support for the, the strikes against Yemen, but pretty much remaining silent on other issues such as, yes, uh, Israeli armed mm. forces killing um, peaceful protesters, Saudi Arabians uh, um, uh, um, slaughtering civilians in Yemen, uh, etc. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if only it was uh, uh, anti-Semitism to, to attack a, uh, a Muslim country, then yes. maybe, you know... <laughs> you get it, you know. Yes. Uh, anyway, we better leave it there. We've run out of time, but thank you so much for coming That's in okay. this morning. I did have a funny line to say, but now I don't have time to do it. Uh,